0: Welcome back to the Servants of Grace podcast and to our theology segment. Today, one of our listeners writes in, and they have a great question. And the question is this: What does it mean to be a God-fearing Christian? What a great question! Proverbs one seven helps Bible readers understand who God is and the need to develop a reverential fear of Him. Without Him, we could have no so. Without Him, we can have no biblical wisdom. See, biblical wisdom comes from understanding who God is and that he is just, holy, and righteous. So the fear of the Lord is the basis for the people of God walking in his ways and serving in him in all of life. The idea of fearing the Lord goes back to merely respecting God. It includes a Christian understanding of how much the Lord hates sin and fearing his judgment for sin. Hebrews twelve five through 11, it describes the discipline of God and the life of the child of God. And while this is one of love, it's still a fearful thing. As children, the fear of discipline from our parents prevented many evil actions. And the same approach should be true of our relationship with the Lord. We should fear the discipline of God and seek to live our lives before His face in a way that honors Him. But with that said, we should not be scared of the Lord. The Lord promises that nothing can separate the child of God from the love of God in Romans eight thirty-eight and 39. Christians have the precious promise that the Lord will never leave nor forsake his people. Fearing God means respecting, obeying, and submitting to God's discipline and worshiping him in awe. The Bible speaks of two types of fears. The, the type of fear, the first type of fear is beneficial. The second is detrimental and is to be overcome. Every Christian is to fear the Lord, which doesn't mean they're to be afraid of the Lord, but it means to be in awe of God's glory and power. Such fear also has a proper respect for the anger and the wrath of God. The fear of the Lord is an acknowledgment of the revealed character of God, which comes through knowing the Lord and His attributes. You see, fearing the Lord brings with it many benefits and blessings. The foundation for these benefits and blessings begins with the wisdom, and it leads to good understanding of God. Only fools despise discipline and wisdom. Fear of the Lord also leads to contentment, to life, to peace, to rest, The fear of the Lord is the fountain of life and provides security and safety for the people of God. The second type of fear is the spirit of fear spoken of in 2 Timothy 1.7. A spirit of fearfulness and timidity does not come from God. Sometimes we're fearful, and this fear overcomes people. The way to resolve such fear is to love the Lord and trust Him. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Now, nobody is perfect, and the Lord sees and he knows our hearts, which is why we need to preach the truth to our hearts until we believe it. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, we might fear the future and what it might become of us, what might happen during it? But Jesus reminds his disciples in Matthew ten thirty one, Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. And so the Lord tells his people not to be afraid of being alone, of being weak, not being heard and lacking necessities. These encouragements encourage throughout, uh, occur throughout scripture, addressing many different aspects of the fruit and the spirit of fear. In Psalm fifty-six, eleven, the psalmist says, In God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? Now, Psalm fifty-six, eleven, is an amazing testimony to the power of trusting the Lord. For the writer helps readers to trust the Lord because he knows and he understands the power of God. And so the key to overcoming fear is to trust the Lord because trusting the Lord is a refusal to give in to fear. Trusting the Lord is turning to the Lord even in the darkest moments and trusting that he will make it all right. And such trust comes from knowing the Lord and knowing he's good. Job experienced many trials, and yet in Job 13:15 he says, Though he slay me, I will hope in him, and yet I will argue my ways to his face. You see, as Christians learn to trust the Lord, our fear will diminish when things come against us, knowing he is with us in every facet of our lives. Proverbs 9.10 helps us understand that such a fear, according to Solomon, is not a barrier to growth, but the path to growth in the Lord and to eternal fulfillment. And now Solomon is not speaking of the type of fear that cowers from the Lord and that turns away from him. That fear is pagan, not Christian, for it has nothing to do with enjoying and glorifying God. The gospel does not show us how to be resentful and suspicious towards the Lord and does not create this type of fear in our hearts. It said the gospel shows us sinners the glory of the grace of God and lifts us up to face life boldly as men and women of God in Christ alone. And another important thing that, we need to be, that needs to be said here is that if you're not in Christ, you fear the Lord in all the wrong ways. Hebrews 10.27 says you are facing a fearful expectation of judgment and a full fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. So you see, if you're not in Christ, you're an enemy of God, and you're under the judgment of God, and you deserve eternal damnation. And yet, even so, the Lord Jesus is freely offering you today not only shelter from divine judgment, but salvation in Him. Will you repent and believe in Christ? You see, if you're not a Christian, you need shelter from the Lord. For without Christ, you are all you have. If you will look to Christ, He alone is a shelter for people who are in deeper trouble because of sin than they know. Please turn to the Lord Jesus today and do it right now. And Jesus will gladly receive you because of his finished and sufficient work alone. You see, the other side of fear is that it's the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs nine ten says, The attitude conveyed here by Solomon is one of openness created by the love of God. So if you are in the Lord Jesus, his perfect love has cast out your fear of judgment. The punishment for our sin fell upon our substitute Jesus at the cross. And now in Christ, we're under the love of God for the gospel frees Christians from the fear that God will condemn us at the end anyway. And yet Paul says in Romans eight thirty one through 39, that nothing will ever separate Christians from the love of God in Christ. You see, Christians, they fear the Lord in a new and a dynamic way. We fear we might grieve the Lord Jesus who loves us so, but this fear is wholesome because it teaches the people of God humility. And such fear is total openness to the will of God and a turning away from sin to the Lord in repentance. And such repentance translates into practical obedience to the revealed will of God in the word of God. And so the fear of the Lord brings with it a new sense of reality with the living God rescuing Christians merely from an intellectual faith to a sweet, close, and abiding communion with the Lord. And if we think we can live a single day of our lives without staying humble before the Lord, without yielding to His superior wisdom and His word, and trusting His endless provision moment by moment, we're simply deceiving ourselves. As soon as we accept that we are not enough, nor that we need to have it all together, nor do we... Nor that we are givers, but the recipients of such wisdom in Jesus, there is good news. The universe belongs to Jesus, for all things are His, and all things belong to Him. This frees the people of God to embark on a wonderful new journey of change and growth. The Lord is the beginning of this wisdom, and the very definition therein, of what a God-fearing Christian looks like, and how they are to live, all before the face of God, and for His glory alone. I want to thank you for listening or watching this episode of the Servants of Grace Theology segment. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe,